0: Hello, welcome along, it's a brand new episode of Baffled, your favourite fact podcast. My name's Dan, thank you so much for joining us. It's November, it's Guest Fest Month. Mark is also here. Hello. Uh, Connor is here too. How we doing? Uh, very well, thank you. This week, uh, joined by an actual comedian on the show. I know, it makes a nice change. We do our best. Paul Chowdhury's with us. Paul, thank you so much for being there. Oh, what an honour it is to be here today, <laughs> well, remotely. Just before we start, I wanted to ask you one question about Taskmaster. Is that all right? Oh yeah, go ahead. How nuts is it actually filming that show? Like it looks, it looks ridiculous when we see it, but behind the scenes, is it is it a bit static? Is it so planned that it takes the joy out of it? What happens?
2: Well, I did season three um, way back in mm. two thousand and sixteen, um, and season two and three were filmed at exactly the same time. So only season one had been aired. Nobody quite knew the format yet. So it was still finding its feet. So um, you didn't quite know what to expect. So it kind of found its feet. You know, that's what happens with TV shows. They take a few series to get kind of embedded within the psyche and the formats kind of come into uh, into existence. And, and it, the format that it is today probably originated from those first three seasons. So I just kind of did myself, really. I was just being myself and uh, I realised I'm a bit of an idiot. <laughs> I think of, I think that would be the, the funnest telly show to be on at the moment.
0: Listen, here's how it works, Paul. Get you up to speed. We're going to go around the room. We'll share two facts each and we'll decide whether they are worth telling anyone or whether they're really? worth just being chucked in the bin, if that's okay. Uh, Connor's going to kick us off. Connor, what's your
2: first fact of the show?
4: Virgin got its name because its founders were exactly that. Virgins you're shitting me no yeah genuinely yeah
2: i've heard this one i heard this one the other day actually see um i don't know why i heard that one but apparently that's true just a just the night down the
4: pub was it paul just with the mates chatting about things like this
2: yeah well I, well firstly richard branson i couldn't imagine well this must have been a while back when he started this company yeah and, i mean um, long time ago yeah. yeah a long time ago so technically he was a virgin when he came up with the idea of
4: Yeah, well, it is is a true story. It actually came about during a brainstorming session. Um, They were really struggling for a name. And apparently there was somebody sitting in the room that just went, you're both virgins, aren't you? Yeah, virgin. And they they went for it. Uh, The reasoning... Well, since they were just starting out, they were virgins when it came to running a business. Hey, there we go. There's the catch. Ah. There's the catch. Are you joking? Is that what this is? No, yeah. Maybe had sex, yeah, but it was the first time running a business. So they were virgins to the business world. Virgin like that?
2: No, I hate that. Until he tried to claim furlough during the pandemic. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> Paul Paul
0: what, what do you um what what do you make of that? Are you, are you happy with the way Connor's hooked us all in?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's gone straight for the jugular there uh with a, a sex fact and then it brings our, our minds to um, sexual activity within us well, four blokes talking right now would it have been better if there was some other genders involved yeah. in this discussion.
0: Yeah, I don't think we can get away and I'm not buying it. Like I, I don't buy that I, so it's just because they're virgins in the world of business, not, not, nothing to do with bed stuff? Well, they, I don't know. They may, they may not have. Because no, have... no one's calling themselves that. No one's admitting no. it. No. I would. Somebody asked me back then. I wouldn't lie. You a virgin? Yeah, fine. I'm not going to lie. No way.
2: Yeah. See, I, I was a virgin for years and years and <laughs> years, you know. But, uh...
0: Yeah. At least 19 of them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no <laughs> way anyone, if someone's coming up to you on the street, as a businessman as well, when you're meant to be smart, someone's going, oh, Carly, you're you're are you a virgin? There's no way you're admitting that. I also
4: think you're doing really bad business if you're in the world where people ask you the question of are you a virgin? you know? If you're in a business world of wearing smart suits and stuff, hopefully you're not around people that would ask you if you're a virgin. It's memorable though. Yeah. If you if you want to get known, people go, You've heard of that business? It's called Virgin, apparently it's because they're virgins at running a business yeah
1: like it's, it's something that gives you a reason to talk about the name do rather the best, than just a boring do
4: thing. the best bit about it for me i do have a little picture in my mind though of these guys sitting in this office maybe quite young you know they're quite young they're kind of chilling out and somebody goes yeah. virgin and they're like whoa hold on a minute i've had plenty of sex mate you know getting really defensive about <laughs> it and they're like no no no, you're a virgin <laughs> to the business there we go then that's where the name like, comes okay, from.
2: okay yeah fine. well it's uh, it would have if fact got asked today in a meeting it would be considered inappropriate. So yeah. this would have been in the, around the 80s.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, can you imagine that in a meeting in the 21st century? Instant dismissal. Oh, it'd be cancelled. Yeah, cancelled, finished. Yeah. <sighs> um yeah.
0: Uh, fine, I don't know if I'm having it, but fine. I'm not believing it or not accepting it. Oh, I just think it's all it, it's one of these stories that comes out after the event, isn't it? So where do read a Virgin come from then? I don't know. Saw sure, it written down somewhere.
4: Written da- what? In like I saw, a saw, I don't
0: know. Huge book, you know. Yeah, I read a book. Paul, you know how things work. Would you please share with us your first fact of the show?
2: Yeah. um, My first fact is humans are the only animals whose brains shrink. Makes a lot of sense for me, really. Shrink? Apparently they shrink. Apparently our noses get bigger as we get older, but our brain, thats obviously that's two facts, but I'm combining that. With the fact of our brain shrinking. So our brain shrink, but our noses get bigger. And ears get bigger as well. And ears, yeah. So
0: your granddad's always got massive ears, huge honker, massive ears. But brain, I didn't know brain shrink.
2: I didn't know that either, actually. And um, it it makes things make sense to me now because, you know, you realise that you become more of an idiot as you get older. And uh, it's just an ageing process rather than... uh, and, And it's not something you have control over.
4: I've definitely noticed that I've struggled more with maths as I've got older. Kind of, kind of, are
2: you worried of where you're going to be in 10 years'
4: time, given where you're starting? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm just happy that there's an explanation as to why things, as I've got older, have become harder. It's not just that you're more lazy. Well, now I've got an answer, haven't I? You know? See, you're just
1: going to use that now at any point. Anytime you forget yeah. something, be like, yeah, my brain shrinks. Yeah, I'll be like, yeah. We, so, I'd, I'd have known that yesterday, but you didn't ask me yesterday. Now, brain shrinks. Anyone
4: questions me of anything, i think you're wrong. Be like, yeah, well, Paul's on the, Paul's on the podcast, he's so on my brain shrinks. <laughs> uh, but Paul...
0: Uh, have have there been moments in your life as you've got older when you've noticed your age because of things happening? Like I know, really, really old people, like my granddad and stuff, when they forget things, it's like, oh, my brain shrinking. I'm an idiot because I'm getting old. You
1: calling Paul really, really old? Is that no. what's happening here?
0: No no. No, 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 Paul. Thanks for being there. No, We're no, sorry no, about no. this. No, 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 no. I could no. be. I could well be his granddad. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, right. no, so just... far, we've had Ty
1: Verdes on the singer and you made him your backing singer so you could be that. You've had a, <laughs> you've should... had an actor on and you've blabbed about your two seconds in Harry Potter. Now we've got
0: Paul on and you're calling him really old. Can you start treating our guests with a bit of respect? I was just... No, I was I was asking... Um, I was going to ask everyone, actually, and I thought I'd start with Paul. Yeah. Paul, yeah. way yeah. to start. Here uh, we go, be... Paul.
2: The floor is yours. Do answer the question. Yeah, being the oldest that I've probably asked for and I can probably guarantee I am the oldest. See? Um this panel but i don't know about granddad age no
0: no no. i know you're not granddad age please i just knew you were you were a few years older than me depends
2: where you're from yeah if you're from essex or south london i could well be a granddad in that area absolutely i'm um, from essex
4: i get you paul honestly i've got got 19 year old mates that are great granddads genuinely
2: (laughs) i don't (laughs) want to offend anyone (laughs) <laughs> but I, I, I'd be a great, great granddad by then. <laughs> you would in be. Essex then. Uh, hopefully I don't get cancelled by Essex. I don't want to offend anyone in Essex. You're know, good like. in Essex.
4: You can say anything in that area of the woods, trust me. I think of all, the, of all the counties as well. Yeah, there's not much you can say in the world of Essex that offends people anymore.
0: There you go. Your, bra- the, your brain shrinks. Your brain shrinks. I was
1: going to say, Paul, are you going to Essex on your tour? Oh,
2: am I going to Essex? Um, I. You know what? I just look at my diary week after week and just see where I end up. Not now. And... Uh, I'm sure I cover the vicinity of Essex, and I did do preview shows in all over the place, Hornchurch, and all those kinds. Of, and I've been touring Essex for years, and uh, it doesn't change.
0: Are you uh, are you in charge of where you go? In, can you say, look, I'd like to go to Leicester, De Montfort. I'd like to go down to Plymouth, or do they just see what's free when you want to tour?
2: Well, yeah, you get a list of offers, and and you say you also know. But uh, apparently, the aging process is. Um, I heard scientists have worked out that it's a disease ageing is a disease and they want to treat it like a disease and I heard on another podcast that you can cure ageing and scientists want to cure ageing soon well of course you cure that with a fountain of youth which we've known yeah. from all the documentaries slash movies
0: I don't know if I'd like to live forever though what, I would what, no but there, there would be a point where <laughs> you suddenly realise without getting too deep you suddenly realise that this is never going to end No, like, there is. this is never ever I think some people are quite keen for that sweet release of death you know <laughs>
2: Sometimes you feel like that, you know, that's what happens in life, though. The problem is sometimes you get so depressed, you think you want it to end and then you carry on. But the, that, that, that's the problem that's going to happen. You see what I mean? You, you've kind of almost endorsed euthanasia.
0: Mm. Yeah, I don't want our podcast to be the, <laughs> the strap line for euthanasia. Over... Uh, right. Thank you so much, Paul. <laughs> Mark, give us your first fact to the show. Okay, the last man to walk on the moon, Gene Kernan,
1: promised his daughter that he'd write her initials on the surface. He did just that. So the initials TDC are on the moon, and they probably will be for thousands of years to come.
4: Along with poo bags. Along with poo bags? Yep. What? What are you going on about? Human poo is on the moon as well. Probably next to the initials. In bags. Like dog
2: bags. Like dog poo bags.
4: What? Because when they poo, they leave it on the moon. They didn't bring it home. Astronauts.
2: Wait a minute. Who's taking humans for a walk on the moon? Trust me. <laughs>
4: honestly, Google it. Do whatever you need. But I'm a not lo- about to Google poo bags. There is, there is poo on the moon. I don't. Um... Human poo, really, in bags on the moon, in poo bags. Because they didn't see? want to bring it. So home when they went up, around.
2: they didn't. When they they took a dump on the ship, they didn't bring this. They didn't bring it back with them to Earth. They just left it there. Absolutely.
1: on The moon. You'd feel like rather than leaving it on the moon for future moon people to go and find, by moon people, I mean human people going to the moon, rather than a new race. Surely you would just, like, as you're in space, just eject it like they do on trains, you know, as you're moving and just see it blow up in space or
4: something. Well, I think think it's become maybe a thing. I reckon they've all got like a WhatsApp group, maybe a Facebook group or something where they're like, who left their shit on the moon on that trip then? And it'll be like, Dean did. Dean left this time, you know.
1: I, I feel like you don't fully understand how the moon missions work. <laughs> Look, you think that they used WhatsApp
4: groups back in the 70s and went, Oi, Dean, did you leave it up there last week?
2: In the 60s.
4: Type in on Google, is there human poo on the moon? Go on. Yeah. Is there human poo on the moon? Is there human poo on the moon? Human waste on the moon. Apparently
1: there, there are 96 bags of human waste left behind by the six Apollo missions that have landed there.
4: There we go. I take it back, Connor. 96 bags of human poo on the moon. Dan looks concerned, doesn't have much to say. What was, your, f- what was your fact? Uh, mine was a much nicer fact that
1: they're the, the TDC, the initials of the last, guy's, the last guy's daughter to walk on the moon, her initials are up there. Um, a bit nicer than there's 96 bags of human sh-
0: Paul, what do you feel about 96 Bads of human excrement on the moon? I'm feeling it it kind of sums up Well, you know, we've only just discovered this thing, it's the first time we've gone there and uh, talk about privilege, eh? We think, hey, we'll just leave our crap there. Paul, what what are you feeling about this?
2: Well, there's been quite a lot of moon landings, isn't there? Six missions landed uh, humans on the moon beginning with the Apollo 11 in 1969 July, during which Neil Armstrong became... So there's going to be Neil Armstrong poo on the moon is what you're saying. Apollo 13 was intended to land, however... Was restricted, restricted to a flyby during a malfunction aboard the spacecraft. Mm-hmm. All nine crew members survived and returned to Earth. So the malfunction may well have been this shit saga. <laughs> they
0: got no, they got nowhere to land. We got nowhere to land. We got nowhere to, got nowhere to put our, our, our Apollo down because it's a sea of it's a sea of. Sh- Bags.
2: When you're on the motorway and you need to take a dump and mm. you can't find a petrol station, they've they've probably got the same issue. Yeah, I think it also
4: completely sums up us, really, people. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what we do, isn't it?
0: Yeah, just go to the, leave our crap everywhere. To
4: be to be honest, we, to be completely, if if I had in the rocket and it needs to be put somewhere, and I was on the moon, I was leaving the moon. Can uh, you? Little bonus fact for you: the Apollo 13 astronauts,
0: they are the the humans who have travelled furthest away from the Earth. Because it went wrong, they had to travel the other side around the moon. To use the gravity to slingshot them their way
4: back. I think I actually think the bonus fact was when I told you that there was poo on the moon, because Mark said the original fact, and then I gave the bonus poo fact. There can be more than one bonus fact.
0: Right, time for my first fact of the show. During the First World War, French sex workers with STDs they would charge higher rates than other sex workers because if soldiers became infected With an STD, they would get off going to war. Mm.
4: So they would
1: deliberately go and catch an STD so they didn't have to go to war. Yeah. Yeah,
4: And then obviously the sex workers would charge more because there was a demand to get the STD. Yeah. Wow. It's a bit different now, I assume. (laughs) Don't know. Don't want any of them lingering around.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I would say I don't don't, don't really know the etiquette of of going into brothels like this. So
4: just a brief question then? Hi, how much are you? Oh, I
0: don't know, actually. I looked it up and couldn't find it. What have you got? Crabs? Well, it was actually syphilis, but oh. anyway. Um, uh,
2: yeah, I don't know, Paul. What are you thinking about that? Interesting on that one because, um, yeah, why would you not be able to fight if you had an STD? If you remember the first time Mike Tyson won the heavyweight championship, I think he was the youngest ever heavyweight in nineteen. He he had uh, an STD and he talks about it when he was win- when he won that fight. He was so enraged and it was so itchy that he fought better. So oh, if anything...
4: Really? He's actually a... enraged yeah. and itchy that it made him perform better. Wow. Also, any sporting equipment that you don't want to be itchy with? Boxing gloves. Yeah,
0: nightmare. <laughs> yeah, you can't scratch much you with a boxing glove. You can't scratch at all with a boxing glove. Uh, I would imagine it's... Um, they, just wanted, they didn't want anyone who was slightly ill because then it can... And, like, rates of STDs were, were quite high during uh, wars, just because they're, you know, it's a free-for-all. They're kind of last days of Rome kind of stuff, I think. Uh, yeah.
4: But, yeah, they would charge at higher rates. I wish I knew how much. I can imagine as well, like, back then, not that war and being in the army now is particularly pleasant, but I can imagine it was something that you really, really, back then didn't want to do, because maybe you was more forced to do it, right? And without without getting stereotypical the brits have a stereotype of
0: french cowardice yeah and i mean these were french sexually sexual sex workers
2: right got you uh
0: paul that's our first round of facts any preference what are you thinking well, what scores the highest
2: uh, well that's an interesting one that because um what's the difference between a french std and and any other std around the world <laughs>
1: It just sounds slightly better with an accent.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like Tyson. I was saying when he was like nineteen twenty, he had gonorrhea, and that's a serious STD, isn't it? I don't know if any of you guys have gonorrhea.
0: No, I don't know. No. Not not today. I don't know the I don't know the ranking of what's serious and what's not. I'll be honest.
2: Well, syphilis is, uh, and also there wasn't. Much, they used to use carrier bags back then, didn't they, for protection?
4: I think chlamydia. chlamydia is a bit of a day to day. What carrier bags?
2: well, some it was called a sheath, wasn't it? There weren't really condoms around in those days, and they used to rewash the condoms, so they didn't. They weren't, there weren't. It wasn't one-use condom, was it? It was like you could borrow. You three could use the same condom and borrow it and lend it to each other afterwards. But I mean, it, I
0: mean, is it like a what? Like a, like your Common Morrison's bag? That type of material? Probably that.
2: I, I, maybe that. like a bag much. for life. Yeah, <laughs> condom for life, wasn't it?
4: <laughs> you don't want it out of that material now. That'd be very itchy. Oh, I'd be a bit but, uncomfortable, but you, I, would, I would imagine.
0: Without, without getting his... You're saying gonorrhea is very, very bad, and that's what Mike Tyson had.
2: When he fought Trevor Burbick at 2019-20, when he won the first ever championship title. But um, but he still Ooh. fought with an STD.
4: Paul, going to be honest, really excited to have you on today. I didn't think that we would be on this topic within the first 15 minutes, but we are. <laughs> and we're talking about <laughs> condom bags. Mike Tyson rubbing his balls in a boxing ring and I'm completely here for it. I think it's the best episode, yeah. Right, Collie,
0: give us your second fact of the show. Go ahead. Uh, believe it or not, the Queen owns a
4: McDonald's. Owns a McDonald's. She owns a Mac Shack. The Golden Arches. The Golden Arches. The Big M. She owns one. Um well. It's a restaurant that is located... Like, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm seeing yeah, a, another, a, like... Couple, this is like fact
4: one, no, isn't no, it? No, no, you're no. luring me in, and then you're going to tell me that it's a load of... <laughs> no, no, no. So <laughs> it, it's, it's the Queen's McDonald's restaurant, which is located at the Banbury Gateway Shopping Park in Oxfordshire. It's about 80 miles from our home at Buckingham Palace. Uh, so this particular branch is actually on land that forms part of the Crown Estate, which oh, is property okay, owned by the Sovereign. Here we go. Oh, yes. okay. Therefore, it is actually part of the Queen's McDonald's, oh, and she, she actually is aware of it and wants still to be part of it. And it's one of the most well-decorated McDonald's in the world. That's, 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 Leather seating, beautiful tiled walls, that's not. and uh, yeah, you're not having this at all, are you?
0: Well, you I'm... are grumbling away here <laughs> because so much of London is Crown Estate. Regent Street is Crown Estate. So that, you know, she owns a Starbucks because that's on Crown Estate. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. but she's acknowledged it and said that she wants part of it. Has she? Yeah, I can't imagine that when H&M popped who's up. Who's asking her that? I can't imagine when their local weekday popped up. They went, oh, sorry, madam, would you like an intro? No, she likes this. Who's asking her that? She sat there with one question with the Queen and went, oi, by the way, you've got McDonald's. How happy are you about that? Don't reckon the Queen goes for a quick Big Mac? Paul, what do you reckon the Queen's
2: McDonald's order is? I don't know about, well, it'd be a king size, wouldn't it?
4: <laughs> yeah the queen owns a mcdonald's it's either that or a chicken royale chicken royale well, maybe a few selects free free select large chicken. meal mayo chicken on the side i reckon maybe i bet the milkshake machine's always working for her though isn't oh it? absolutely the milkshake machine yeah. she'll drive through it'll already, it'll already be making a mcflurry before she even got to the second window paul is this impressing well, you this fact
2: well yeah i mean that fact is about the um, mcflurry thing they're cleaning it it's never broken they just can't be bothered to turn it back on again
0: apparently. exactly yeah paul do you want a website that will change your life Oh, here we go. What is it? McBroken.com. Oh, really? Yeah, it tells you the status of every single McFlurry machine around the world. When you say this will change Paul's life,
1: I feel like he has more to do than you do. I know <laughs> yeah, you just enjoy no, no, sitting no, no, there no, no, on a Friday no, no, night no, no, no. having a look at what the current state of New York is versus no, 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 no. I don't know, versus London. Do you know what but... I reckon Dan does no, 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 no. for a fun
4: Friday night? Genuinely, you'll have a Chinese, a beer, and he'll email the places that have a broken McFlurry just for the fun of it. Just to clarify. No, yeah. I like live in London, but the one in no
0: no Paul is a Paul is a, a, a touring comic. Touring comics are known for you know eating what you can. You're not got a lot of time. You're all over the place. Paul, what's your um? What's your I know you, ideals the wrong word. But what's your standard kind of meal of choice if you're going from uh, you know Chelmsford and Essex up to Bister? What, what 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 do you grab at a service station? Sounds
4: like a great tour that one,
0: Paul.
2: Yeah, that's uh. You thought I'd make it in Vegas or <laughs> L.A. Hollywood by now? Bister to.
4: Chomps with the sellout. sell mm, out.
2: What what what's your out. what's your meal of choice on a tour? Normally just like a sandwich from the petrol <laughs> station. <laughs> it's pretty boring. Nothing much rock and roll You know, they think, oh, you know, this guy must be living the life, man. And you're picking up a, a dried sandwich, which is almost on its sell by date on the day, but you got 30p off it. So
0: yeah, you see, this is what I mean. Eats this kind of food, he's interested in this. And you're talking about Vegas Paul. It's a good job you're not touring there yet, because I'm looking at a a, a McFlurry machine in Vegas. It was checked an hour ago and it is it is
4: broken. You really... Genu-
2: you know what? That makes me feel a lot better about not doing Vegas now. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Who needs yeah. the MGM grand? The Queen and McDonald's, it sounds real because McDonald's are worth more in their property value than they sell in food. What? I, yeah, McDonald's makes more from the properties they own because they own mm-hmm. the land that they have restaurants on, McDonald's do. Whereas... I don't think they would have got permission on Royal land. I don't think Regent Street is technically Royal land, whereas the area you just mentioned where this restaurant is of the McDonald's chain. And if you want to buy a McDonald's, it's a million pound for the franchise for a restaurant. Each, if so, you could. Is it really three, a million, three, million pounds? Three. Million pounds, yeah. So, how does it work? So, you buy a
0: frank You buy No, the frank. I, I don't know how. But so, do they? Oh, sorry, do you tell them where they want? Do you tell they want to go? Do you call up like McDonald's and you're like, "Hey, I want a McDonald's here," and then they buy the land, or they've
4: already got the land? What, how does it work? Do you well, know, I, I know a kid whose dad owned one in Mount Nessin.
2: <laughs> sorry. yeah, they're still on the land, aren't they? McDonald's still own the land, but yeah, you. Yeah on the french you have say in the franchise but you never quite own the mcdonalds you you know that film the founder i do that's yeah that's how that's kind of explained kind of at the end where it gets a bit complicated that um, they didn't own the restaurants as such and then he kind of bought them out batman bought them out didn't he
0: yes yes michael Keaton. i'm on the crown estate website and they do own they do own some of st james's park and stuff so that like there you go is there a McDonald's? There is a duck, duck. There is a duck and waffle. There. Who knows? Thank you very much.
1: Hello, sorry to interrupt your podcast. We didn't do that. It's just been magically done for us. We do a podcast, which I think you might like if you like this podcast. Our podcast is called The A to Z of Men with me, Chris Brooks. And me, Scott Robinson. And what's the podcast about, Scott?
2: I mean, what we're doing really is giving
4: you an insight, a delve into the male mind. We're going through the alphabet letter by letter. I submit a word. Chris submits a word and we battle it out to see what word goes into the A to Z of men.
1: And you can get us wherever you get your podcast from. Just search for the A to Z of men. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
3: Let's get this dinner party started.
0: Paul, thank you for uh, teaching me all about franchises. What, what's your, what's your <laughs> second fact of the
2: show? I'm not. Bananas, I don't know if you've heard this one, bananas can reproduce.
1: What?
4: Immediately tell me more. I, you don't even want to know where my mind is right now. Like
1: I, I know very well where your mind is right now. It's in a,
4: probably quite a <laughs> dangerous place right now, image-wise. Yeah. I'm right there.
0: What's your... What's There's it?
4: all sorts going on. I'm, I've got a banana with a little willy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a banana giving birth to another banana.
0: But wait, hang on. I don't know, it just, it went there. What, so, so, sorry about this, Paul. The um, the banana's penis, is it separate from the actual... No, it's thing, part kind of? of
4: it, but it kind of looks like a mini banana. <laughs> it's crazy. So, so the banana's got a mini banana. Paul, I'm sorry, mate, but this is what's ha- this is what you've done to me here
2: with this reproducing... I'm imagining yeah. all shoots... <laughs> It's become quite a blue episode, this one, hasn't it? Yeah, it really. really the, uh, um, uh, Paul, how do they reproduce? This is what I'm, I haven't worked out yet, but the fact <laughs> is. Can... So, you need and to. Therefore, get the only wanna...
1: answer we have is Connor, so that a banana has a small other banana on yeah. it.
2: Yeah. I don't really watch banana porn, but um, <laughs> apparently they can reproduce. <laughs>
0: It'll be out there. It'll be out there.
4: Yeah, there's probably a category <laughs> somewhere, I'd say. Yeah, you know where to look.
0: You know what keywords to put in, my friend.
4: Is it the fact that they re- they reproduce some form of something on them that that I don't know?
0: You're just saying words well. that you hope <laughs> will put together a
1: sentence
4: here yeah, to I, make you sound I, clever. I'm trying to <laughs> work out how it works, but uh, Dan, you're the science man. You've got a science podcast as well. Have you, um, you, anything going on with that? Uh, Bananas and, and reproducing, and I don't know. No, no, I have no clue. Well, sometimes that. you look at me about things that I say, and you ask me to work that out. I'm doing it to you right now. What do you think? But. Uh, it's when it's you know yeah, I, mean, no, I understand
0: it's it's i think it's the word reproduce like what what does that mean hmm. like technically well, like sorry, sorry paul go ahead. go ahead no it's just like oh like berries reap like plants and berries reproduce don't know what well, uh fruit reproduces because the seeds scatter and then it grows is it is that not technically reproduction i'm not sure
2: well yeah um but a grape you should never put in the microwave because it explodes yeah, why does it explode? I saw
1: this recently. I'm assuming it's because of the amount of water content in it. Is it a microwave? We
2: know exactly what you're doing when you get home, aren't we? I
4: put a crisp packet in the microwave and get back to me. <laughs> well,
2: why would you do that? Oh, that's because it gets foil in it. It. You can't put met- anything metallic in a microwave. Yeah. You
4: absolutely can because what <laughs> yeah. happens? You might you might break your microwave. Don't worry about that. It shrinks down to a mini sized crisp packet, but all of the font and all the logo remains visible. You put a little hole in the end of it, and it's a new keyring. I once actually sold them at school. <laughs> How Honestly, many... I made them at school, broke a lot of microwaves, and I used to sell them for a pound.
1: Yeah, but did you ever make the money back that you had to then spend on buying new microwaves?
4: You'll be surprised. Like, it kind of makes loads of zzzz, and it kind of goes a bit mad, the microwave, but doesn't break, it just smells a little bit. You're going to blow your house up, mate. Yeah, probably. Anyway, that's eight-year-old Connor for you. It's
0: going to blow your mum and dad's house, mate. That's why you're still doing this. When, you, when you're a homeowner yourself, there ain't any chance you're doing any of this. Yeah,
4: we'll use the office microwave next Absolutely time,
0: Absolutely not.
2: Okay. But when you get a bunch of bananas, right, and let's say you, you fancied a banana that day, right, and you, you snapped it off the bunch, hmm. the rest of the bananas will start going bad very quickly. Whereas if you cut it off with a pair of scissors and let the rest of it attach to the almost stem... The rest of the bananas Mm. will stay fresh for longer. So you don't snap them off. You cut them off with a pair of scissors.
0: Hang on. life That's a brilliant point. So if I kind of cut it off just above where the banana bit is, where I peel, I wonder why that
4: is. Did you also know that if you leave a bunch of bananas in the fruit bowl, it makes all the other fruit go bad? It's ripening, isn't it? Yeah, but it sets it sets all the other fruit off and makes it go bad, especially if it's touching.
1: That's because the other bananas are too busy reproducing and having sex, and the other and the other fruit just don't. Well, like no, because when a banana
2: when a banana has its period, the other bananas also have their period at the same time. Right. Yeah.
4: yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I think this fact has created a image and sort of situation in my mind that I never thought would be there.
0: Thank you, Paul Chaudry. Thank you very much for that fact. Um, <laughs> Mark, give us your last fact of the show. Okay, an American
1: football
4: stadium once had a jail and a courtroom included. Can I just say, Paul, Well, this is what happens here. We go from the moment with you there, and then we come here. I mean, it's a real shifting gear. Go ahead, Mark. I mean, I just gave it if you were paying attention. That's it.
1: Right. An uh, American football stadium once had a jail and a courtroom included. So it was the old Philadelphia Eagles stadium. Now, historically, their fans have always been incredibly rowdy. When they won the Super Bowl back in 2018, they started setting fire to their own city because apparently that's how you celebrate a win. But in their former stadium, in Veteran Stadium, things got so bad that they genuinely installed a courtroom and a jail to take the rowdy
0: fans when they were causing issues at matches. Um, Paul, are you a fan of the NFL
2: and American football? Never really got into it, to be honest, being British.
0: No. Mark yeah, here. Never really Mark here, who's given the fact he's one of those annoying Brits that pretends that he is a fan of the NFL. Mark, you know, He's
4: got his own team. It's that thing, even though it's yeah. half the world away. Also as well, Mark's the guy that, you know, when you go on holiday and you see that guy that's wearing the swimming trunks and it's the team, that's Mark.
0: Yeah, down, down to his knees.
4: Yeah, yeah, down to, yeah, and he wears the beanie all year round. Absolutely. Yeah. What What's become of this?
0: Have you got any more about trials that they had? So it started in 1997
1: when they had to arrest 60 people with... Uh, who were basically just all broke out fighting in the stands and outrage across all of Philadelphia. And the mayor came in and went, right, the only way that you're ever going to be allowed to host games again is if you deal with it in-house. So the very next game, they had uh, 20 people who were arrested, taken immediately down to the courtroom. There's a judge down there who hears the case and goes, right, you're off to jail.
4: You really probably wouldn't want to streak at a game there, wouldn't you?
1: I mean, very quick conviction.
4: I mean, you're a streetcar you you are caught you are behind bars maybe instantly
1: instantly yeah. yeah you might still be able to hear the cheers from the jail in the uh, in the stadium though so
4: seems a bit inhumane doesn't it this
0: yeah it's uh...
1: yeah i'm not convinced just just put it out there i'm not convinced connor that this is kind of that they're bringing them down and going right you're going to be in jail for six years mm-hmm. it's very much a case of you're just here till the end of the game and we can take you to the actual what's the point in the courtroom then
0: what's the point in the courtroom if it's just to effectively ban someone from watching a game what is the point in having the courtroom uh,
1: to give uh, it's american just, isn't it? it's american yeah that's basically the best answer we can give it's american it's an american way to say well we gave you a fair trial
2: paul are you a fan of any sport are you a football fan yeah yeah i'm a bit I'm, can you imagine that like at anfield or something or like yeah. If, if we had that in this country, we probably wouldn't have had football hooliganism. Yeah, but that's right. America- what. What team
4: do you support? What football team do you support?
2: Well, family. My dad's been a Liverpool fan for, since the 60s. So um, it's, got, it's got to run in the family otherwise. Because
4: I'm, a, I'm right. a West Ham fan and, and I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, you put that situation at the London, well, Upton Park, more, you, they wouldn't be fans everybody would be arrested. It's, it was that rally. Yeah. At that point, you might as well just put bars in
0: front of yeah. the seats.
4: Just put bars in front of the seats <laughs> and just say,
0: yeah, like, it would just be finished. Imagine telling, though, some die you know, beer belly, tattoo-chested lads from the cop and some of the the Green Street elite from the London Stadium. Imagine telling them that you've got to go down to the courthouse. They're getting short shrift, aren't they? They ain't doing it.
2: Yeah, it's not happening. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, imagine you played Millwall It'd pretty much be the entire audience in prison. (laughs)
0: Literally.
1: (laughs) The
2: whole audience.
1: What about this for hecklers at gigs, Paul?
2: What about it for hecklers? Yeah. What, like put them in prison and have a courthouse at my gigs?
1: Yeah, why not?
2: Well, actually, I I probably would deter away from that because what I do to a heckler is much worse than what a judge would do to them (laughs) and be nicer to them. So uh, I'm more capital punishment. They're more fair trial. (laughs)
0: What what do you do to a, what do you do to heckler? What's like? Do you remember a real note like what one put down that you're very very proud of that you dealt with a heckler?
4: Would you like me to perform heckler?
2: Oh, I don't want to really repeat any real harsh heckle put downs on a lovely podcast like this because uh, yeah, I know it's family friendly. This show, Paul. To be honest but, with you, uh, mate, uh,
4: we've spoke about banana penises and
2: all <laughs> sorts of other. <laughs> so it sheets. can't get much lower. So you're more than welcome. You know, like um, on the weekend, I had a guy. Nottingham Theatre Royal and I asked him where his wife was and he put his hand out as if to slap her like she's under control, she's at home and I took offence to this and literally made his life not worth living for the next hour and a half (laughs) So
0: <laughs> why do you think people do it? I've never understood. Is it is are they just battered or do they just kind of think that they're funnier than you? I, I've never I've never understood it.
2: Well, you know, I've I started comedy well mid late ninety eight and um, in the early two thousands heckling was massive in the comedy clubs in England, especially South London, and you had to survive. And if you couldn't handle a heckler, you weren't considered a good comic. But now it's very different. It's you have to be lovely, be nice in the audience and. It's kind of changed.
4: It's funny you say this because a friend of mine went to the Ricky Gervais warm up. You know how a lot of comedians mm. have like the warm up moment for the tour, mm. and they'll see kind of how the jokes run. I'm sure you do that, Paul, and kind of see how people react. And there was a Scottish like group in the audience, four lads, absolutely smashed. And my mate was saying it was less of actual heckling and more just disrespect. To be honest, like it was just noise. And Ricky Gervais took it upon himself to literally for the last hour come off script and just annihilate them for the for the for the final hour. And I think by the time it had finished, they probably would never go to a comedy like a comedy night again. It was it, that was it.
0: Bothers me. Well, thank you very much, Mark. Last fact of the show time. Australia have been to wars with emus twice and lost every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How, why, when, what? It, so in 1932, uh, Australia was still a fledgling country, still coming up. Uh, they gave a lot of people land who had fought during the wars for them. So a lot of farmers were suddenly all over the place. They were annoyed by the emus. So over the co- first, over the course of... Um, I think thirteen days in winter of nineteen thirty-two. Uh, they they were the war under the command of Major G P W Meredith of the actual excuse me of the actual army. Uh, he told people to go out with guns and ten thousand rounds of ammunition and, and to shoot all the emus. There were thousands and thousands of them, twenty thousand odd, and they managed to get fifty. Then they called it a day and then they came back about a week or so later, had another go and failed as much then. So the emus were even worse than they were before. And it's funny, if you go on Wikipedia, they got the little bit. It says emu
4: war on the right, the date, the location, outcome, failure. I enjoyed that. I enjoy that. I enjoy the fact it's failure as well. That's the best bit about it.
1: I mean, the issue was that most of the Australian soldiers were just got STDs and weren't going to (laughs) fight.
2: Why would they go to war with emus and not kangaroos though? Because kangaroos are much more dangerous and they are a hazard. Apparently, and- but I think emus were a big pest
0: to the the crops. I think they were there pecking and you know doing all that. Whereas you know a kangaroo just kind of gets in the way, doesn't it? A kangaroo' his favorite thing is to just get in the way of uh, cars and stuff. Because Australia has a huge comedy scene, right? Right, Paul. Like the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yeah, you, uh-
2: uh, yeah, I've done it. I've done. I've done Melbourne, Sydney. Adelaide, Brisbane. I, did, I took my last show live in it that's on Amazon Prime throughout Australia and New Zealand. So I toured it there. Um, but no emus turned up.
4: Nah, <sighs> well, yeah. And there's a lot of them around still, apparently. Paul, if you could, you know, take on an animal in a one-on-one, any animals that piss you off? Well, because would probably be a wouldn't...
2: Gnat. <laughs> You'd fight a gnat? Yeah, I could, that
4: though, I, it? I, it'd be bloody hard though, wouldn't it? Can you imagine trying to find the thing? But they really... Because you know what's the most irritating thing about a gnat? The buzzing noise. is so funny because you can hear it, but you cannot see it. Painful. Well, anyway.
2: You, you're in a different weight class, though. So, so it's like a super <laughs> heavyweight. For fighting flyweight. Well, that emu thing is interesting. Because you guys are too young to remember this, but I grew up to an entertainer on children's programs when I was growing up called Rod Hull.
3: Yeah, and he had an emu
2: Do you remember that? You guys probably won't remember that You're kind of more um, Teletubbies generation <laughs> I, um, I think yeah we are But, but Dan, you know
0: we're in the industry aren't we We know things You know Rod Hull and his emu
2: Yeah but, And then Rod Hull His demise And his tragic demise Was when he went to fix I think it was the, the Euros Well there's a football tournament on anyway And he went to adjust his aerial on his roof And fell off his roof and died and then the joke was because emus don't fly, so he couldn't. But no disrespect to Rod Hull, rest in peace. He was one of my favourites of all time. But emus don't fly. But the emu used to remember he was on Parkinson, and they have a guest on, and and the emu would start pecking mm. at everyone, and that it was, he was brilliant. It was my favourite. And then
4: I need to Google what an emu like.
0: Um Paul, we invited you on because. We wanted to have fun with the comic. We knew your 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 clout. We didn't anticipate to cut large swathes of our Rod hole fan base who listened to the show. Um, that so was a bit disappointing.
4: Yeah, I mean, looking at an emu, this is the first time I've seen an emu. How
0: how do you not know what an emu
4: is? My I'm sorry, mate, but during my time in Brentwood, don't really stumble upon any emus in the local high street.
0: Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Baffled. You can always get in touch info at baffledpod.com. Paul, of those eight facts, uh, any any that you would ever tell anyone else? I'm
2: going to have to remember all these now. Uh, Uh, Virgin. Well, the Virgin was actually quite a new one, isn't it? Because I heard that one in the news uh, like last week. So which one would I tell people? Probably the Mike Tyson one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah, okay yeah I like
0: it uh, what have we learned this week um, bananas have small penises uh, French STDs is like normal but with a fancy accent and Paul is never allowed in Essex again thank you very much for listening S- we'll see you soon Paul um, Paul what are you up to so you're out on tour just tell us a bit about where you're oh, headed oh yeah
2: I mean I'm everywhere at the moment I've got a day off today from the tour um, I've done the Apollo on it I'm uh, kind of almost halfway through But um, where am I next? Portsmouth on Friday. I don't know when this goes out. Portsmouth Friday, St. Albans Saturday, York next week, Bradford, Brighton, Dome, Northampton, St. Albans, Sheffield, Peterborough, Leicester, back to the Apollo again for a second one on this tour, Manchester Apollo, Ipswich, Nottingham. The saga continues, mate. It's family friendly comedian. So, you know, it's suitable for, you know, you guys can turn up and, Hopefully you won't be offended.
0: Amazing. Find out more, com. Paul,
2: thank you so much for being there. Oh, no problem, man. It was great. I had a great laugh here today and learned something which you don't normally in the pod.
4: Paul, can I just share with you one of my jokes I made up once to get your oh, take? Well, he's a comedian, isn't he? I'd like to see you every week. You've written a joke? Yeah. yeah. What is a pirate's favourite car? I don't know. Ferrari. There we go. I reckon that one would go down well with the Apollo. That is such yeah, a stretch. But well, um... see... <sighs> any good, any good pull, you know? Like maybe a bit of support. If you, if you ever need me, mate, just tweet me.
2: Well, it's, it's, it's yeah. No, it's a traditional joke yeah. structure, and on, on that one. Um, why would there, and then? Uh, I, I'll give it. A, I'll get you an open mic gig somewhere in London. See what happens. S- safe to say, I'll get heckled out the door within about
0: ten minutes. We might. Just for that, just for that one gag though.
2: Yeah, turn do that. <laughs> right, thank you very much
0: for listening. We'll be back Friday with a brand new episode of Baffled. Until then, bye.